You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. This week, we have Cassie Sutton. But before that, Nikki, how's it going today? Oh, I am doing good. I just got back home from being at Lake Sonoma 50 miler uh, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was really fun. We went, I mean, I've never been to Sonoma before, so we we're in wine country, which is cool. It's beautiful. There's literally, I think 425 different wineries in just Sonoma County. And then that's not even Napa, you know, I mean, it's insane. Um, really pretty down there. Um, and it was fun being at the race. It, you know, it's always a really long day being out there, trying to do coverage for the race. And also we had Greta with us. Um, so a three, she's three months old now. And we had the big kids back at home with my parents, but it still just kind of was, you know, anytime you have a kid, you, that means that you're not taking care of yourself as much as you normally would. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I was wearing her, which I was wearing her all day, unless we were in the car driving to a different aid station, Um, it's like, you can't sit down, you know, she's happy and content if you're standing up and like rocking, you know, back and forth. (laughs) Uh, But as soon as you sit down, it's not good. And, and we were kind of, Greta's always been a really easy baby, but she is definitely changing a little bit Um, or she's just getting louder, you know, finding her voice, doesn't want to be in the car seat as much, nearly as much as she used to. Um, slash, I think also she doesn't want to be in the back in her car seat without dash. Like he's usually back there helping entertaining her or whatnot. Yes. And, and it was so funny when we did get home last night to pick up the kids, we had, we've never heard Greta laugh so hard as on the way home when dash was back sitting with her in the back seat, mm-hmm. just like, you know, talking to her and tickling her. And she was just so happy. It's really cool, but it makes it kind of difficult when, um, he's not around. Um, but yeah, the race went well, it was really fun. I want to go do that race. Um, I texted Steph, like we should sign up for it together. Um, Anyone that wants us to run a race together, (laughs) let us know. Yeah. (laughs) I know it'd be so fun. And it's it's really magical there. Like there's just these big oak trees and beautiful trails and like the sun coming up in the morning. It's just, it's gorgeous. And like the, it was foggy at the start, but then it gets, it got actually really hot and probably too hot (laughs) during the day, but in April, which is when the race normally runs, it's a lot cooler. So 
um, or at least a little bit cooler. Um, are they doing it this April? Yes. Yeah. So today, or, you know, this, this week it was postponed to Labor Day, which is very unusual and rare, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's going to be back in April in 2022. And Gina Lucrezzi from Trail Sisters is taking over the race. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be race director for the 50 miler, which is pretty cool. And I know she'll be up to some interesting things to like, just include more, runners in general, especially women. So I think that'll be really interesting to see what she does because she's cool. I got to meet her on Friday night and yeah, I mean, she's just a great voice for all like women in this sport. So yeah, I agree. Anyway. Um, yeah, very exhausted and tired and kind of glad that that was our last race that we're covering this year. And I, now I just got to get back to running, but it's literally the smoke has been in the like three to four hundreds AQI. Awesome. Um, mm. So it's been really bad. And poor, my poor parents were stuck inside with the old kids, the bigger kids. Uh, That's this so weekend. hard. Bless them. Yeah. yeah, that was not ideal. Um, but yeah, so um, now I like got back, hopped on the treadmill this morning pretty much decided it was the worst thing that has ever happened to me. And I really need to dial in my mental like approach to running on a treadmill, like when there's smoke or in the winter when it's frozen or just with kids when I need to have that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's exciting that we got a treadmill, but it also was a total disaster, like mentally. Um, Yeah, it's definitely not like running in the mountains, but- I guess so I'm used to like long, it. flat roads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not much different. What do you do when you're running to keep you entertained? I watch uh, YouTube or like okay. we have, um, I think it's called Fubo or something. It's a TV like streaming service. And so we have some stuff that I'll record just like, or I'll watch a food network channel or okay. something. I yeah. watch things because it is hard. I can't just like run on there and not have anything. Yeah. And then it's like Greta's crying Mm -hmm. and, and it's just, it was just chaotic. It was, Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is pretty much the worst thing ever. It's hard. I know. (laughs) And it's better than nothing, but is it better than nothing? I don't know, but I'll, I'll get it dialed in. It's strengthening your mental strength, endurance. (laughs) Yes, totally. (laughs) How are you doing Steph? What's up with you? I'm good. I have been doing um, like strength training three or four times a week, which I've been really proud of myself, but it's like at three 4 o'clock in the morning, I get up and then I work out and then I'll work and then I get up with the kids. Um, and then I've been running or walking more than running, but trying to get back into running during nap time or after bedtime. So I just feel like I'm constantly trying to get some things in, but I'm like ready to get my body back into shape. Like it's just, I know it'll take a while, but it's hard not to feel as strong as I was before. Absolutely. And I, I honestly have struggled a lot with that this time around. Mm -hmm. It just, it has taken a long time. I'm still just not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I know progress is coming and, but it's just, it's hard. So, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I, um, when we were up, we went camping this weekend up North and Mary Jo biked with me 
And I was walking and then I ran for like two minutes. And I'm like, why? Like this time last year, I ran a 50 K and now I'm like barely able to not barely able to, but it's harder for me to get through a couple miles than it was to do that 50 K. And it's just really frustrating to go through. Totally. Oh yeah. And, and I felt that for a, a while. Um, honestly, it's like, I like the first few runs, well, first kind of maybe, maybe two weeks of running. It's like, you're glad that you're moving and, and that feels good. But honestly, like your body doesn't feel good and your body feels slow and heavy and your legs feel exhausted. And it didn't actually feel that refreshing, you know, and, and now I'm starting to turn that corner and, um, it's feeling a lot better to run. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm just trying to get through starting to move without all the extra weight. I mean, I still have more weight than I did before, but not a full baby, (laughs) you know? So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's like starting to run all over again. I mean, we probably still have some endurance that we have built up from all the years of running, but taking so much time off and trying to get back into that is hard. So working on that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. good yeah. job. Good job for like getting up super early to get it in. It's going to pay off. It's totally going to pay off. Hopefully. I want to run that 50 miler. Yeah. <laughs> I really think we should like meet up in wine country in California. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, please. Yes. That would really be really lovely there. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, this episode is sponsored by Tony's. Tony's is an award-winning screen-free audio entertainment system designed for kids three and older. Yes, this is a super cool system. It works with the combination of a Tony box, which is a soft, squeezable speaker cube thing with no screens. And there's little Tony's which are little figures that you put on top and they're filled with songs and audiobooks and educational content. There are new Tonys available all this time and new this fall are Elmo and Cookie Monster Tonys that include new and original content from Sesame Street, teaching kids all about music, healthy habits like healthy food, exercise, and mindfulness. And there are other Tonys that include Disney characters like Elsa, Lightning McQueen, Jungle Book, um, classic stories and fairy tales, and even a meditation and relaxation, Tony, for kids. You have to check out everything that they have on their website. It's kind of incredible. Yes. It's, it's something I've never heard about before, but like Steph found them and they are, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And there's also creative Tony's where kids can record their own stories or maybe like a grandparent can record a story like them reading a book. Maybe they buy a book for your kid for Christmas and they get the app and they record their voice reading the book. And then your kids can listen to that, um, you know, anytime like, and we're thinking, you know, 
obviously for run hard, mom hard, we're thinking about stroller runs. Like kids can actually just listen. There's a little jack for headphones. It's like a great entertainment and it's screen-free, but it's still, it's still just positive things to put in their ears. Yeah, for sure. So you can use code Tony podcast. That's T O N I E podcast, all caps at checkout to receive 15% off your order of $99 or more. And we'll have that link in our show notes. So you can easily just check them out. Yeah. And also talking about stroller runs, we need some caffeine. If you haven't heard, we have our own coffee blend called you got this from Treeline coffee out of Bozeman, Montana. Yes. You can check out the link in our bio for that as well and get yourself a bag of amazing coffee that is, will fuel you up to run hard and mom hard on and on and on. Yes. And don't forget to use coupon code runhard 10 for 10% off your order. Like I said, today on the podcast, we have Cassie Sutton. She is a mom to a little five-year-old boy and who with her husband and son, completed the entire Appalachian trail in 209 days. Talk about a feat of endurance. Yes. Her five-year-old son, Harvey became the youngest person to through hike the AT. And we talk about some of the highs and lows of the journey, the mental strength, just to motivate a five-year-old every day and yourself Mm -hmm. as a parent, um, to do this incredible journey. Um, and ways to get other families on epic journeys like this one. Yeah. We talk a little bit about the transition back into real life, keeping things simple, like they were on the trail. And this was just such a fun conversation with Cassie and we really, really hope you enjoy it. Yeah. It's very inspiring. So give it a listen. Hi, Cassie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. We're so excited to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, so before we kind of get into why you're on the podcast, can you talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Cassie and um at home I am my husband's real estate assistant. So he does all of like the people stuff and I do all the paperwork at our home office. And so I can do that all while my son's in school or before when he was in preschool. So it works out really good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. It's nice being able to work from home. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And where do you guys live? We live in central Virginia, Lynchburg area. Okay. Great. Nice. Okay. So the reason that we're having you on the podcast today is because you hiked the AT with your son, who is now five years old. Yes. <laughs> Which is amazing. I mean, yeah. amazing. And do you want to, could you maybe tell us a little bit about what that was like deciding to do that? You know, like before, what, what made you decide to do the Appalachian Trail? Um, well, it was my husband's idea. And so <laughs> at first um, we had read this book by Tim Ferriss. It was four hour work week. And one of the main takeaways we took from it was that we wanted to have miniature retirements throughout our life, as opposed mm-hmm. to saving all of our money up for the very end when health isn't necessarily guaranteed. So we Ooh. wanted to kind of schedule that in throughout our life. And so our first one, we did like a three week trip to Mount Everest Base Camp. And oh we my went gosh. hiking. 
all around there. It was like very luxurious. Like you'd hike to like a tea house and you'd stay in like their little guest room or whatever. But oh. on that trip, I realized like I am a powerful woman and I can do mm. hard things. And I had oh, never yeah. realized that before. <laughs> and so after that trip, we were like, oh, man, we need more adventures in our life. And that's when Harvey was born. And we we're like, OK, how can we do adventures with a little kid in tow? Because you don't really see that. And we're like, we we have to have that in our life. We can't just ignore that part of us. Mm-hmm. And so we just began looking around and we came across for this kid named Buddy the Backpacker. And he had done the Appalachian Trail when he was five years old as well. And so my husband is very um, competitive. And so he quickly like did the math in his head. And he's like, hey, if we go in 2021, we can beat Buddy the Backpacker by like four months. And so that's how it started. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh just more God. of like, a, oh, that would be cool to do. But then we started telling too many people and they're like, oh, so eventually 2021 came around and we had saved up a bunch of money. And um, that's how we started. Wow. And so you started when Harvey was four. Right. And then he ended when he was five. Correct. Yeah. So he, his birthday was in March and we started in January. So oh he had gosh. a birthday soon after we got on trail. That's oh fantastic. Gosh. Yeah. That's- and so I, were you guys hikers before this? I mean, I know you like the adventure, but have you had you done any long walks prior? Um, we were mostly just day hikers. We'd go out for the day or whatever. And sometimes we'd go out for like a camping trip over the night or whatever. But we weren't like through hikers like, oh, yeah, let's go and bag every 4,000 footer or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was more of a of a new idea, I guess. Wow. Well, did you train for, you know, hiking days on end or did you do anything special to kind of get ready for this? Yeah. So for Harvey, we had his, he had his own like training regimen. So (laughs) for for kids, like we would go on walks when he was around two and we slowly started not carrying him and refused to carry him. So if he got tired, we'd just stop and take a break and we would play with the dandelions or whatever he wanted to do. And then um, eventually he would, we would just add more and more miles to it. Um, but for me, we did a lot of weights trying to build up muscle mass and some then longer hikes on the weekend, like five miles or whatever. Um, but really, you, you can't really prepare for a through hike. No. no. So we just kind of jumped in and started out with five, six miles at the beginning and worked our way up to about 15 miles was a, a good average near the end. Oh, my gosh. 15 miles a day. Yeah. With a four or five year old. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, that's so cool. That is yeah. so cool. And so, I mean, how, how did he do? How, how he was did it? So amazing. He did like, it blew our minds. We really thought we were going to be doing maybe 10 to 12 a day. Um, and then we just started hitting like the 13, 14, 15 mile days. And you're like, oh my gosh, how are we doing this? But he had a really good attitude. And when he was tired, we just stop and take a break like we did on our, our practice hikes and stuff. So it was really awesome. Wow. I just, yeah, this is just crazy. And so how many days did it take you to do this? Uh, 209. Wow. For like 1,193.1 miles. (laughs) Wait, say that again. 1,193.1. 
you got to include the point one. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. my gosh. Uh, I'm just so proud of your little yeah. guy and you guys. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean. yeah. Well, so what was kind of the logistics before you got on trail on like your jobs, because he's a real estate agent, you said, and taking time off of that business. And then um, with Harvey being in school. Yeah, um, he was in preschool, so it was pretty easy. We um, just did it before kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, But for work and stuff, we had to basically stop our business for a year, which was really hard. So we saved up a ton of money, um, referred all of my husband's business over um, to another agent. And so now we're like trying to scrape up clients and start all it basically start all over again um yeah. so that that was pretty hard and then for our house we just airbnb'd it luckily um there was a manager in our area that could manage other people's houses so it worked out for for the house at least yeah mm-hmm. oh that's really good was it so was it a little stressful coming back and being like not that i want to talk about the end yet because we have so much more to talk about <laughs> this journey but um it, it was that does it feel stressful to do that? Or like, are you just so glad you did? You guys took that time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm 100% happy that we did that. It was an amazing journey, amazing experience. And um, I would do it again in a heartbeat if, um, if I had to make that decision all over again. Um, And so, yeah, it is incredibly stressful because life on the trail is super simple. You wake up, you pack up, you hike, you set up camp, you sleep. <laughs> yeah. There's no decisions to be made of when you eat, what you wear, if you're going to shower that day. <laughs> it's totally. just super simple. So there's a lot of um, just readjustment, I think, going on right now. Yeah, like Gosh. culture shock coming yeah. back to the busyness. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Uh, I, my husband and I did uh, the Camino de Santiago. Okay. And, yeah. On our honeymoon, so we kind oh, of awesome. we, we experienced the. I mean, that's so much shorter than what you did, but it was like 31 days, but just the wake up and you pack up and you go and you walk and that's all you have to do. And then you have yeah. to eventually find a place to eat and sleep, but yeah. it's like no stress. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and so what, um, what did you guys, how did, okay. What did you bring with you? And how did you figure out what to bring with you? Who carried what? I'm kind of wondering about like gear and logistics and what did Harvey carry, you know? Yeah. So we did a lot of practice like overnight trips beforehand. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where we kind of dialed in our gear, figuring out, oh, this works or I never even touched that for that whole trip. Mm -hmm. So I probably don't need to bring that. So we kind of dialed in our gear the year before is where we really focused on it. But basically, we had um, a couple outfits. We'd have layers, basically. We'd have our hiking shorts, and I did, like, a long-sleeve shirt that I could roll up. That way, if it was cold, I could put it down. Or if the sun was too hot, I could also put it down. Um, And then more running shorts that dried really fast. Okay. And then we had wool base layers for the winter and the springtime. Um, we carried fleeces for winter and spring, um, a, like a down puppy coat and rain gear. So you had a rain jacket and rain pants. Mm-hmm. And then Harvey had all of that plus another long sleeve and legging pant because I was afraid of him getting cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. And yeah, you so, that the whole time. Yeah, we carried that the whole time. Besides when we went into summer, we got rid of our fleeces and our wool layers. Okay. Um, so then we just had the other things. Okay. Um, had our sleeping bags, a couple of like personal items, like a hairbrush, um, toothbrushes, that sort of thing. We did not carry deodorant. Because you're just going to smell anyway. So uh-huh. <laughs> just smell. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, and then we had lots of socks because we like to have a, a fresher pair every couple days or so. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then did you have a tent? We did. Yes. Yeah. So we carried okay. a three-person tent. Okay. Um, and since Harvey's a little bit shorter, we could put all of our stuff under his feet. So all of our bags and Nice. random clothes and items and stuff. We also had like four inch uh, sleeping pads because that was my luxury item. They, they weighed a little bit more, but I was like, if I'm going to be sleeping in the woods for seven months, I want to sleep well. Yes. Yeah. I want my body to repair while it's sleeping. So I don't want to be waking up all night. Oh, <laughs> so my we gosh. had really nice sleeping pads and the tent. It was really pretty cool. Once we put all of our pads in there, it was the size of a queen size bed <laughs> with walls. Okay. Oh, yes. We all like squeezed into about, about that size. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 So I carried Harvey and my stuff. Um, and then Josh carried the tent and his stuff. And then we split up food okay. and then Harvey carried his coats, his sleeping bag, his uh crocs which are like shoes for um for when we're we're not wearing our hiking boots which Mm -hmm. is around the camp totally he carried his toys (laughs) okay how many toys did he bring yeah (laughs) it varied we would get given toys throughout the trip so people would see us and be like oh here you go here's a little like matchbox car or something like that so his toys kind of grew in size and then we'd have to like send some home and then (laughs) another month later they'd grow too big and then we'd send some home so he oh carried probably six to ten toys at any given time. That's awesome. Wow. And so how did it work in between? Like, did, were you how? So you said you sent stuff home. Did you have people that were like picking up stuff or would you just box things and like go to a mailbox and send them home? Or how does? Yeah. So Josh's parents live in the same city that we live in. So it was really easy just to send them a box and they just throw it in their basement. And so when we came home, we had several boxes there that we unpacked and looked okay. through stuff. Yeah. 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 And you're like, all the memories. Yeah. Yeah. So you walk through a town probably every uh, couple weeks. So you can go to a post office every so often to box up and send things out. Did wow. you did you stop for food at that town or did you have like boxes that people were sending you to with food like on a specific time? Yeah, you can do it where people send you food. We um did that once and we just had so much extra because before mm-hmm. you leave you just don't know how much you're going to want. Mm-hmm. And so for the most part after that first box we were like we're just going to go to town and buy stuff. And so we we didn't really hitchhike at all because we just didn't want to do that with the kid. So yeah. most of the time we just went to a hostel and we, they offered shuttle services. So they'd come and pick us off the trail and then run through the grocery store and then take us to their hostel for the night. So it worked out. We did it probably at the beginning. We did it every eight days or so. So we're carrying eight days of food and through the winter. Um, but then more things started opening up and we could do it every three to six days. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow. Cool. Wow. What were you eating? Um, a bunch of crap. <laughs> um, 
Harvey loved Cliff Bars, and so it was like one of the only foods that we could count on. And so we would go through seven Cliff Bars a day. Oh so, gosh. oh my gosh! <laughs> so each of us would have two in the morning, and then Harvey would have a Cliff Bar before bed um, because he was usually hungry at that time. Um, so we were eating probably about three to five thousand calories a day. So we'd have uh, Cliff Bars for breakfast, then we'd have a snack. Harvey would have crackers. We would have a candy bar of some sort with some nut and chocolate or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for lunches, we did a lot of tortillas and peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And that got a little old, so then we started buying some jelly or honey or something to put in it. And then we'd have another snack of crackers or another candy bar in the afternoon and some ramen noodles or mashed potatoes for dinner. So it's pretty basic. Um, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have to keep it easy, right? And you can't, okay. it's also got to be fairly lightweight because you're mm -hmm. carrying everything you're eating. So, yeah. oh my gosh. Did you get tired of just that? Like, were you excited when you um, got home to be able to eat more like you know, more vegetables and yes. like just a more balanced diet. <laughs> yeah. So every time we went into town, we were like, where is like Mexican or something? And we'd have fajitas and big salads and your body just craved the vegetables and fruit. Mm -hmm. And so it was so nice whenever we got to go into town and get those. A lot of times when we go through the grocery store, we'd buy extra fruits and vegetables and just eat them that night and kind of like preload all your veggies in one day for the whole sure. week. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then we would take like multivitamins and that sort of thing. But that was like one of my major concerns before going on the trip is how are we going to stay nutritious, especially for Harvey, who's growing right. and he needs all that nutrition for his body. Um, but we went to the doctor when we got back and they took his like blood levels and like, Oh, you've been eating your fruits and vegetables really good this year. <laughs> I just like, You're like laughed to myself. <laughs> but it needs to show how much like exercise really does change your body. So yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Where Did maybe he was lacking with, uh, a varied diet right. on most days. Um, yeah, he was, he was, um, putting a, just, I don't know, his body, yeah, was being very healthy also and being, right. being very active. I mean, way more active than most kids his age. Yeah, yeah uh, and I think we were burning up all those sugars and fats and everything. So it, it wasn't like it was going into your body and staying. Yeah. Cool. Um, a question to like before you went, did you talk with a doctor or anybody about like Harvey? Yeah. You did? Yeah, we talked with his primary pediatrician and she gave the green light she's like if he's not complaining then he's okay so <laughs> that's kind yeah, of probably, like how we went. probably sorry probably as long as like he's eating at least something yeah. like he just needs his body needs the calories and everything right and he's like every other kid when they start to get hangry they have a tender tantrum so like when he got hangry we're like oh we haven't fed him in an hour he needs food so that's yeah. pretty much our schedule every hour harvey needs to eat something so we would just like constantly feed him and i mean our bodies needed it as well for totally. us it was probably every hour every two hours or so we needed to have something substantial with fat and protein and carbs <laughs> He was yeah. probably a good reminder to like feed yourself too. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the clock's going off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I mean, it's probably good just to ask and make sure. Cause I was going to say when you're talking about when you got back, I was going to ask, did they know like what he just went through for, you know, the last 200 plus days? Yeah. So his doctor knew, um, the, the nurse that talked about like his blood levels or whatever, she didn't know. So she was just saying like, Oh yeah, yeah you've been eating really well. But, um, yeah, his doctor knew and checked him out really good when he came back and everything. That's so cool. funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys take any days off of hiking? Did. You did. Okay. Yes. What did that look like? Yeah. So we would go at the beginning, we would go about 15 to 20 days and then we take a full rest day where we didn't hike at all so we'd go into a town and then spend two nights so we'd spend the night there and then the whole next day we would just rest and watch tv or just hang out and play with harvey um and then near the end we did we probably stuck with the 15 to 20 days but near the end we would do a lot of more nero days is what we called them where we'd hike only six miles and then we take the rest of the afternoon off Um, And that kind of gave our body a little bit more rest uh, Mm -hmm. without having to take an entire day from hiking. That probably felt really short at that point, honestly. Right. Yeah. We were doing that by like 11 o'clock in the, in the morning. (laughs) Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time did you normally get up to start hiking? We would, as soon as the sun woke up, our bodies would wake up. So up in Maine, uh, the sun is, stays up a lot later and is up a lot earlier in the summer. So it would, come up around 4.30. So we'd wake up around 5, 5.15 and be ready to go. Um, But then when we first started, it it was winter time and it was dark from like 8 to, uh, or I guess like 5 to 8 in the morning. So you'd have a lot smaller window. So we had to kind of wake ourselves up when it was still dark, uh, just so we'd have enough time to walk all the miles throughout the day. Yeah. Okay. And so you were starting in Georgia in the winter, right? Yes. And what month was that? Yeah, we started January 13th. Okay. 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 Cool. Wow. And then, so, I mean, kind of take us through, like, what a day looked like, you know? Yeah, so we would wake up. Um, we would, uh, me and Josh would pack up the tent most most of the way, and then we'd wake up Harvey um, and then get him kind of moving around and then pack up his stuff and just start walking. Me and Harvey would start walking first and then Josh would pack up the tent and then catch up to us. Mm. So we'd walk for, we'd have breakfast while we're walking. Uh, Most of the time it was because it was winter and you just didn't want to sit around in the cold to heat up oatmeal or something like that because you just get freezing cold sitting Mm -hmm. out in the snow. (laughs) So we start walking and eat our cliff bars and walk until it was about break time. We'd take a break every hour or so for Harvey um, we kind of planned them in. It, it kind of helped motivate him to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to walk for an hour and take a break and then walk for an hour and take a break. So it kind of helped uh, keep him going. And then we'd take lunch around 1130, uh, eating along the way, and we'd stop and try to find a good view or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do our tortilla thing and then walk some more. And around 430, four, between 4 and 5, we'd find a spot to camp, set up camp. And Harvey would go off and play, and then Josh and I would do our chores. Uh, he'd set up the tent, I'd blow up all the pads, and we'd start filtering water and cooking dinner, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then Harvey's bedtime was around 7, so mm-hmm. we'd do bed, and Josh and I were soon after him because we were exhausted. 
I don't. Oh, my gosh. I mean, because this is a long journey just for adults also, but then also having your son, which, of course, he did amazing, but it was still probably it's it's extra work. You know, I mean, to like to motivate, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can talk about this. Like, I mean, was he always eager to hike? I mean, were there times where you had to kind of really tap into some extra like excitement and motivation to like get him to keep hiking or maybe even to get yourself to keep hiking? I mean, what did you do on when things were feeling a little bit uh maybe Drudgery, drudgerous. <laughs> low, low. Yeah, low. <laughs> yeah, the first like couple months were really hard. Okay. Um, just being so cold, we'd wake up in the morning and your boots would be frozen, and you're like, I can't put my feet in these, and so you'd have to sit on them for like 20 minutes to warm it up enough to put your foot in. Oh and so I think for the first. Uh, two months or so, I probably cried every single morning. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? And you just knew after like the first like quarter mile that it was going to be fine. You, you would, your body would warm up. Um, but those first two months were crazy hard. And, wow. um, so I, I think that's when I really realized that I am setting an example for Harvey. He's mm-hmm. going to take away from this hike what I take away. So if I am crying and like, I didn't really cry in front of him, but if I'm crying and complaining, then he's going to cry and complain. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this like realization that I have to control my own attitude. And so I just started um, kind of motivating myself. And once I started doing that, I could see that Harvey started doing that as well. And so it was really eye opening to see the influence that I, that I had on him. I know there was this moment in the Smoky Mountains, they had a big snowstorm in February, and that was right when we were in there. There was 18 inches of snow, and we were at like 6,000 feet, and we were like walking through, post-holing through this 18 inches of snow oh with drifts up to Harvey's chest. Oh, and we were like, gosh. oh my gosh, what are we doing? Um, and so that was like, that was probably our hardest point of realizing, can we go forward? There's 40 more miles that we need to go or should we turn around and go backwards? And so we ended up turning around and going backwards two and a half days in the wrong direction Mm. because we knew that the trail was broken. We knew that there was safety at the other side and we just didn't know the unknown of are these drifts going to get bigger? Are we going to run out of food? Like how long is this going to take us? Um, And so that was probably our lowest point of this is hard this could be dangerous. We we didn't really enter any dangerous points, but it, it could have turned bad if we continued yeah. for it. So yeah. yeah, we had to turn around and go back. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, when you're a parent, it's like you have to make those calls. Maybe if it was just you and your husband, you would have kept going. But, you know, it's like you have to be just play it a little bit safer when right. you have your kid with you. Right. Right. Yeah, because if it was us, we probably would have pushed forward and we we would have realized that we could find another way out or something like that if we needed to. But you don't want to put your kid through that. No. Yeah. Oh how? Goodness. Yeah. How did you like stay on the trail in that snowstorm? Uh, it was hard. You kind of had to guess. 
Um, so the trees kind of have like a, a part, a pathway. So you're like, oh, there's no thorns here, like poking out of the snow. So this must be the, um, the, the wrong way or the right way. So <laughs> it was hard because the snows were, co- the trees were covered in snow. So you couldn't see the white blazes on the trail. Um, so yeah, it was hard. Oh my so gosh. Did you kind of ride that out? You said you went two and a half days backwards and then did you have to wait for a while to kind of let it clear or what? Yeah. So we went to Gatlinburg and waited for a couple of days and they were still saying that the snow is going to be there for a while. So we went to the end of the Smoky Mountains where the mountains are a little bit smaller and continue north. And then once we got back to Virginia where our house is, we grabbed our car and then drove back down to the Smokies and finished the part that we had missed. Oh, we did it in the spring instead, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, so then you did that little section and then went back to where you had previously like back to near your house to then keep going North. Does that make sense? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just (laughs) the Smokies and then came back to our house and it worked out perfectly when we were at our house was Harvey's birthday. So we had like a birthday party Mm -hmm. and everything for him. So you didn't miss that. Right. <laughs> right. Although, I don't know. I mean, spending your, I mean, just it, like he is going to, he's such a lucky kid to like have these memories and this experience with you guys. And I mean, it's pretty awesome that he can say, I mean, so even if he was having his birthday on the trail, like that would be like pretty cool. Not every yeah. five-year-old gets to spend their birthday on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Did he have or was it hard for him to transition from like life at home to life on the trail for so long? Do you feel like he had some like? Um, um I think at the beginning, it probably took probably two or three days, not very long. Not it long. just switched over because we were with him. So I think it was more of, oh, I just don't have all the toys that I used to play with. But mm-hmm. he was so excited to be out there. I think it helped transition him. The transition yeah. home, I think, was a little bit harder because yeah. of the simplicity of life to there's so much stimulation now and then starting kindergarten and having like all of that. So I think the home life was a harder transition than starting. Mm-hmm. I bet. Well, especially like I was thinking about um, minimalism, like toy minimalism and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't need all of this, these toys that are in my living room right now. we, the girls can find stuff to play with and all of that. So then coming back to that would be so hard when you're only used to like things that are in nature. And then the six to 10 toys he carried in his backpack. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And he was at this age. It was kind of funny. We started talking about the toys that he has at home and he's like, I don't remember that. And he had just gotten it for Christmas and it was like a favorite toy And Mm -hmm. so I think just the short-term memory um, really impacted him, too. We boxed up some of his toys, and we pulled some of them out, and he knows that there's toys down there, but he doesn't need them. He's, like, playing with all these toys and is so excited about just these few toys that we pulled out. I'm like, now what do I do with all these toys? Now's my opportunity to, like, keep them or give them away. (laughs) Get rid of them. Get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I don't know what we're going to do, but we love – the life that of the the minimalism that we kind of had on trail. And so we kind of want to bring that back into life here. So mm-hmm. we're trying to sort through how to do that um, in a good way. Yeah. I was going to ask, how do you do that? <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to go through everything. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of helps that we came back to an empty house. So now we just pull out the stuff that we use. Um, so I think it would be harder with my house all full to minimize things as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to pull out six shirts this time and see, like, if I can get away with just these shirts or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's oh, harder okay. to throw it away. Right. Uh, than just bring it in as you need it. Yeah. I know. And I don't know. It just, I don't, yeah, we just accumulate so much over our lives. I mean, us and the kids. I mean, kids can often come with so much stuff. They are so little, but they're, the stuff they come with is so big or not that they come with, but that you, you know, allow into your house and then you just have so much and it just, it's a tough challenge, really yeah. tough challenge for me, but me too. Yeah. Yeah. So were there some other low points or things that you kind of had to hurdle over in your yeah, track? Yeah. Um... I think at the halfway point was really hard um, because we had gone through the winter hard months. Uh, we made it to halfway just as spring was beginning. So it was just beginning to look positive as well as far as like the climate and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I hit the halfway point, I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to do all of this again, like all of it again. <laughs> Not just part of it. I have to do all of it again. Yeah. Um, so, I just kind of got into like this depression funk for a couple days. Like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. That was really hard. I don't think I can do it anymore. And then again, I just had to like change my mindset and work through some stuff. And eventually I was like, okay, I can do this. I did it so I can do it again. Mm-hmm. If I did it already, it's fine. I can do it again. And I kind of, mm-hmm. once I worked through all that and changed my attitude, it got a lot easier. Um, and it got easier because my attitude was better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a really low point for me. Perspective is so huge. Like how you, how, what your mindset is, it's, that's how it's going to feel. If Mm -hmm. your mindset is, you know, this is hard, then it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But. Right. Right. I go through like a really hard day on trail. I would tell myself I can do anything for one day. And so like if it's raining and I'm cold, I'm like, I can do anything for one day. And then we get into the tent and get all cozy and warm and have good family time. And then the next morning, if the other morning was going to be really bad as well, I'd be like, I can do anything for a day. <laughs> and so especially during the winter months, that's that's how I kept myself going is I can do anything for a day. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. And that is such um, because we're usually talking about ultra running on this podcast, yeah. uh, that is such an ultra mindset, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Steph? It's like, yeah. it, it's chunking things up into manageable, mm-hmm. digestible yeah. chunks. Like when you yeah. have a long race ahead of you, or especially, I mean, that halfway point can be so brutal. Like that can be the worst. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I always hear people talk about that with like hundred mile races. It's like the 50 miles, it's like you still have 50 more miles you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's hard, but that is, I mean, good job for just um, kind of, you know, sometimes it's almost hard to like realize what we have to do for ourselves to get back into the positive mental space, you mm. know, because when you're in a negative mental space, you kind of, you just naturally want to dwell there. Right? right. And it's like, you have to, dig yourself back out of it. Um, 
And so good job for like realizing what you needed to do <laughs> to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did the second half, did it get easier with the weather? Did it feel more fun? Did you love it more the second half? <laughs> I did. I really did. Um, and I, th- I think it was more, the weather did get nicer. So, um, mm-hmm. it rained less. It was warmer. The sun was shining. We had blue skies more often. So I think that kind of played on it, but also my attitude changed quite a bit. And I think that's when I really fell into, I'm strong. I can do this as opposed to, Oh, I'm cold. I don't know if I can, I can go 15 miles today. I don't know if I can do 10 miles today, but it was more of like, I feel strong and I focus more of the positive aspects as opposed to all the hard stuff, like you were saying. And so I think I did enjoy it more and um, I was able to enjoy the other people as well more because my attitude was better. Mm. Yeah. Tell us about the other people on the trail. What was the community like of hikers? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't realize this beforehand, but the hiker community is like, it's almost like a church in and of itself. Like Mm -hmm. everybody takes care of each other. Everybody um, wants to reach out and help each other. And it was was really awesome to be a part of that. Uh, We started in the winter and so we were alone most of the time. And then around around the halfway point a little bit before everybody started catching up to us or passing us. And then a lot of people start at the halfway point. So we got a lot of new starters as well. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of fun just to be able to chat with different people every night. And um, yeah, it was such a great community and everybody like, we're so excited to talk to Harvey and welcomed him into the community as well. So we were a little afraid like, Oh, are we going to be like bursting their little bubble or something? But no, everybody, everybody really welcomed him and welcomed us as a family. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. And I mean, they were probably just so impressed by him and seeing him experience this like firsthand. And I just love that the support was there for you guys. And um, I don't know. And for Harvey, I mean, that's, I, I think there's something so cool about just, because when you're out doing something really big like that, you probably feel pretty connected to those people, even though you like hardly know them. They're strangers, but there is that connection of you're all experiencing very similar stuff. Right, right. So like if we had a hard day, you know that everybody in that shelter or the campground all went through all the rain and mm-hmm. the mud or whatever it was. And so you felt this kind of like unity with everybody else, like camaraderie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was sure. very unique. Like you come home and you're like, I don't know what that person in Walmart did today. Like <laughs> we all did something different. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was really neat just to be surrounded by like-minded people that are all going through the same thing that you are. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's really cool. Well, and RV loved it. Like the attention that others oh, were yeah. asking him questions or talking with him, giving him little toys. Like yeah. yeah. And some of the, like some of the younger girls would um, talk with him while we're hiking. And so he would hike probably like a 20 minute pace um, from a mile pace. And when he normally does like a 40 minute pace, so he would like run just to stay up with these other uh, women that were hiking and he just wanted to be around them and tell them stories and stuff. So we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a blessing. Now. <laughs> so that, that was super exciting just when he would connect with somebody and, and hike with them for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Was it, 
was it hard to hike at the slower pace? Yes. Some things that dragged dragged on. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of almost hurts your body a little bit because you just you got to walk at like a different cadence, too. So mm-hmm. you just have to change your entire way that you're walking and hiking. And so a, a 10 mile day would take us so much longer than another hikers. And so you mm-hmm. have your backpack on you for longer. Mm-hmm. You just have you're just doing everything a little bit longer. So it, it would hurt. And every time that we would like go to the bathroom and the other two would hike on and I could hike by myself. It You just felt so strong and powerful to be able to hike your own pace and hike like your own step. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you do anything for like self care or like some, anything for like just you? I mean, I know being out in nature and being with your family is good, but did you do anything like for yourself? Uh I know a lot of people ask me that, and I don't think we really did. I think we probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know every once in a while we give the other person an afternoon off or mm-hmm. an, an hour off because you had to play with Harvey constantly for him to keep pace. Mm-hmm. And so if you weren't excited about the story you were telling or if you weren't excited about whatever you were playing, he would walk really slow. <laughs> and so if you wanted him to walk his 40-minute pace, you had to be really well engaged with what you were doing with him. And so that took a lot of effort and um, mental capacity to be able to do that all day long. Mm-hmm. And so we would give each other an hour or um, an afternoon off every once in a while. And that was really nice just to be like, okay, I'm going to see you in two hours at the shelter. And you'd hike on ahead and get to go your own speed and think about the things you wanted to think about instead of whatever Harvey wanted to do. Totally. Actually have some time to get lost in your own thoughts. And Mm -hmm. because hiking can be so meditative in that way. Right. It's like, yeah, wow. that You need that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I just think about it just, I mean, just in our normal life, like sometimes, yeah, you, you just have to rally for them so much and that can take so much energy and to really actually have positive experiences you've got to be pretty dang excited (laughs) I mean even just going to the grocery store with three kids this morning it's like okay like I'm like pumping them up like we are gonna pick out snacks like this is gonna be great we're gonna go in be fast get out like it's like this huge mental buildup for even just something small. So I, I can only imagine, but yeah. Uh, did you ever have to bribe him? <laughs> um, probably we mostly bribed him with food or candy. Yeah. So, yeah. In the afternoon when things started to drag, we were like, okay, at the top of this mountain, you can have a break and you can have a packet of Skittles. So <laughs> yeah. So every once in a while we, we would, we wouldn't do it too often because then he'd be reliant on it just like yeah. every other kid. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So what were the best parts of bringing him along? Oh, I think I got to know him in a way that I wouldn't have got to know him here at home with everything going on. So I I got to know how to motivate him, which was really neat. Um, I could tell when he was down on the mountains and I knew that candy or food wasn't the answer. And so we kind of learned what words to say to him that got him fired up and um, so that was, it was really powerful just to realize those things and learn those things 
along the trip so that we can bring them into normal life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. When he like goes to kindergarten, well, you said he already started. Right? Yeah. And I mean, then it's like when he's doing normal school day kid stuff, you know how to help him through some of those uncertainties and things. And oh. yeah, it was neat. I remember one mountain, he was kind of jagging his feet. And so I, we just started saying um, like little powerful things like you are strong. Um, Harvey, you can do this. You just did that mountain back there and you are so strong and your feet have practiced hiking and you know how to do this. Just different things of uh, just building him up. And you could just mm-hmm. see like this little fire in his eyes like, yeah, I am strong. Mm-hmm. I am powerful. And so that was just really neat. And then also like kind of just bounce back onto you and be like, oh, yeah, I did do that mountain. I can do this, too. So mm-hmm. it kind of helped just a little motivating um sentences and statements and stuff. That's yeah. so neat. I That's love good. that so much. Yeah. Oh, oh I was going to ask what um, or how do you think other parents or other families can bring or do adventures like this with their kids? Um, I think just start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just it's do it. to start. That's the hardest part. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just walking out that door is really hard, but, um, even coming back here where I should go out and take him like different places here, it's hard to get that backpack together with water and snacks and all of that sort of thing. But once you're out there, you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to start. That's the hard part. So once you're driving away, you've done the hard part. Now you can do it. So mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Do you have any like favorite, um, things I mean you know I had asked about the gear like were there any maybe like your top three like essential things for traveling hiking with a five-year-old oh man I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um probably some form of music or stories Mm. um, especially if you're hiking for a long time it's nice to get a little bit of a break. So we brought like an MP3 player where we put some stories on my phone. Uh, when he was four, he would not do that at all. He didn't want the headphones in his ear, but somewhere around five or so it kind of switched over and he's like, yeah, I'll listen to a storybook. So we would get like 20, 30 minutes to ourselves with him listening to a book. So that, that would probably be one for older, older young kids. Um, Great idea. And then, uh, rain gear is so important. So we always bring our rain jackets, um, even in the summertime, if we're out for a day or whatever, because being wet and cold is no fun. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. And then Skittles. <laughs> Skittles snacks are so important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, um. So then can you talk us through that last day of your hike? Yeah. Oh, man. We were so excited um, to go into Baxter State Park and hike up Mount Katahdin. Um, But we were also so stressed because they have rules about no nobody under six being able to go up the mountain. And so we had to get permission. Yeah. So when we were in Harper's Ferry, which is the halfway point, we wrote a letter and appealed to them. And they had us come on Zoom call to their board meeting and so we had to get all this special permission. They finally gave us a special permit, but 
when we finally got there, I was so stressed and had all this anxiety of what, what if this or what if that? But as soon as we walked through the gate, like all of it lifted and I was just so giddy that day. I could just feel myself just so light, just like running up the mountain, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and Harvey were just singing and laughing and playing silly games. And then um, fog just like set in over the mountain and it just became just we were sad that there was no views, but it was epic. Like we started mm-hmm. in like this winter wonderland and now we're finishing in like this foggy mist that you can't see 20 feet in front of you. So we just slowly climbed the mountain and you could just barely see the sign come out of the fog. And at that point, I think we all just like grabbed hands and started running towards the sign. We were so excited. Oh. It was just this feeling of like, oh my gosh, we finally made it. I can't believe it. It was Oh, that's so cool. Was there, was there anybody there waiting for you or was it just your family? Yeah. So we had this guy coming with us cause he wants to do a documentary. So he, um, had met us a couple times along the way to do interviews and take some video. And so he had met us and then had gone up ahead to video us coming. And then we also had been hiking with a couple people. And so they went up ahead with the camera guy and had their moment so that when we got there, we could have ours. So it was fun to have um, some other hiking family there. We call them Tramley. Um, so we had some Tramley members up there. And then, of course, the guy that was videotaping everything. Wow. Wow. That's so uh, cool. Did you feel emotional at the end? I mean. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, I just started bawling. Like, just like <laughs> tears of like happiness. Um, it was it was overwhelming. And Harvey just stood there like, uh, like, I don't know what was going through his head. He didn't say anything for like a minute. And then we we're like, are you okay? What are you doing? He's like, awesome. He just started screaming. So, yeah. Oh my That's gosh. So and then what did you guys make of it when you were like, well, we're done now. I mean, what, what, what was that like? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're still trying to process it. We don't really know what the feeling is, but I know we can want to continue to have this more in our life. We just don't know how at this point. So we're trying to find little adventures to do on weekends and things like that to, um, so we can have that feeling. Yeah. Right now you're, you're building the business back up, right? Right. And Harvey's at kindergarten. Yeah. How, How did that transition go? It, it went pretty good. Um, we went and met with his teacher and we were like, okay, so he's been hiking for 10 hours a day. I hope he'll be okay sitting in a chair for kindergarten. <laughs> so, so we wanted to like talk to her because I don't want him to be diagnosed with something that he doesn't have because he just can't sit still. Right. Um, so we went through that and she's like, it'll be fine. I'll make him get up and move around more often and stuff like that. So, and he loved it. He hasn't been around kids for much he's been around just a bunch of adults which Mm -hmm. um, actually helped break him out of his shyness shell and so now he can talk to adults but now he's learning all the social skills that go with being with other kids so I I think it's really good for him oh good good do you have any ideas on about like future adventures, like would you want to do another long walk or something completely different? Um, I don't think I want to go out for months at a time with a little kid again. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely, like we definitely want some smaller adventures, like a month long one or something like that. 
uh, would be pretty awesome. So we do want some more backpacking adventures, hiking adventures, um, shorter long walks, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see us doing any of the other long trails in the U.S. right now, but maybe. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Well, it takes a lot. Like Nikki was saying, the mental capacity to like keep a kid entertained and motivated and yourself to get up and hike days on end is tough. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part is keeping him motivated and telling stories and playing pretend. So, um, yeah, maybe when he's older, we can tackle something else <laughs> as yeah. big as this one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What good memories. For you and your family. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. I'm like so happy for you guys. I mean, just because it's, it's incredible and he's going to be completely shaped by this for the rest of his life. How neat is that? (sighs) Good job. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and what about your husband? Like, did he, what were his feelings? Like, did he love it too? You know, the whole time and, yeah, he's more of the adventure junkie than I am. And so he, he just loved every moment of it. And he's so excited to have done it. Um, he'd probably do another one in an instant <laughs> if he could convince me and we could find the money to do it all. But right. yeah, yeah, it was amazing for him. For all of us, really. And Harvey, when we got to the end, he's like, hey, can we do another one? He's like trying to plan this through hike with his grandma to start all over from Georgia to do another one. So he's all in it as well. Oh, that is amazing. He's probably giving a lot of people in your life um, reminders that they can do more than they think they can, too. You know, like if, if Harvey can do it, you know, I can do or, you know, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's just a hour long hike or, you know, but it's like sometimes we'd all need that reminder that we can do more than we originally thought. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. So (laughs) I can, sorry, I'm kind of out of breath. I ran up the stairs really fast. (laughs) Do you make cookies or decorate cookies? I do. Yes. <laughs> I, I love doing the cookies. On, I do it for just for fun. I don't you, sell them or anything like that. You don't sell them? No. Have you seen her cookies on Facebook? No. no. Oh my gosh. They're <laughs> gorgeous. You should definitely sell them. <laughs> well, they, they just take so long. I'm like, hi, I would have to like sell them for so much money. <laughs> I pay someone so much money to make cookies like that. There's a girl that lives really close to us. And she'll sell like a dozen cookies for 40 bucks or 50 bucks. Wow. But they're so gorgeous. Yours are so pretty. Well, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) How did you you get into doing that? Um, I really liked baking cakes and decorating them. And I was like, oh, these just take so long to do. So, and like, I don't eat cake really that often. Um, and then I saw like cookies, like, hmm, maybe I could do that. So I just tried it and I, I fell in love with it. Yeah, you're very artistic. That's so cool. (laughs) I bet. Do you do you like to do um like bake birthday cakes for your family members or yeah yeah yeah? So that's what I normally do is do the cakes for birthdays and stuff. I bet Um, they're incredible. I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and I have to check them out. They're so pretty. Very very pretty. Yeah. Do Do you have like a favorite story or a favorite moment on the trail? Um, I think 
we had a really low moment on Roan Mountain where it started raining on us. This was in February. And so it was raining okay. around 30 to 30 degrees. And then so our, all of us just got soaking wet all the way through our raincoat. Ooh. And then it started sleeping and the ice was just like falling off of us. And then it started snowing. And so we were like super cold, really hard day. The wind was blowing crazy. Um, and then the next day it was 20 degrees and then we were all dry that next day. Um, so we had like our puffy coats on and we we're hiking and it was just so beautiful with the ice crystals on the trees just mm. clinking together. It kind of reminded me of that frozen scene where they meet Olaf and it's like all these like frozen tinkly things. Yeah. And so it, it was just so gorgeously beautiful. And then we hiked over these open bald mountains where you could just see for miles and miles and um, it was gorgeous. And that night we set up our tent and I think that was the first night that I had slept like solid in a while. And it just was so cozy and warm and it was just this wonderful feeling of being with family and um, seeing gorgeous things and doing something hard, but we were doing it. And so it was just that realization of I can do hard things. I don't need to shy away from it. Um, that just, it just like it was throughout the entire day, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation, I thought, I mean, when I saw your story online, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to have her on the podcast. That's so amazing with a five-year-old. <laughs> yes. So. Talk about an ultra endurance event mm-hmm. um, times five just because of the kid element and, <laughs> you know, just the the magnitude of this. I mean, how many days you were out there and how many miles you covered. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your story. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. When do you think the documentary is going to come out? Do you know? <laughs> I don't. I hope in the next year or two. <laughs> yeah. I, well, we'll sure. definitely be looking for that and yeah. we'll try and share that um, whenever, whenever, whenever it comes. comes. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, good luck in, in normal life, Cassie. And just <laughs> the, I mean, just the, the continuation of transition into, I don't know, normal life, yeah. busyness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I just loved talking to Cassie and hearing about this super, super epic adventure that they did as a family. I really appreciated her ultra mindset. She totally was using all the tricks that we use, you know, Mm -hmm. to get through ultra running and um, just her perspective of like, I can do anything for a day. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was really powerful because I, I mean, when you're struggling, you know, you have to have that kind of that you have to know that it's kind of going to be okay, or that you're at least going to make it to that next checkpoint in your head, which is like the end of the day kind of thing. And I remember when I was in high school and doing like track and cross country, we would literally be doing like planks for 60 seconds or something. Mm -hmm. And our motto was, I can do anything for, for a minute. Yeah. And, and now it's really funny to see how like that has transformed. It's like, now we run ultras. So it's like, now we can do anything for five hours or 10 hours or 24 hours or a day or, you know, yeah. And I just think that's really powerful. 
Well, even just telling yourself, like, I can run up this hill or I can get to the next aid station, like breaking down those big, long feats into little chunks where you're like, it's a little bit more manageable to think like, I don't have to run a hundred miles. I just have to run these five to the next aid station or these next 10, whatever things that you know, you can do on a daily basis. Like it just, it gets done. Um, I also like that. She was like, I am a powerful woman. I am so strong. I mean, the self-talk that she has was very inspiring. And she talks that she had, or she said, you know, she has some low points and, um, especially halfway, I think was hard for her, but she's like, I already did it once. I can do it again. So yeah, yeah really- she totally rallied. And then yeah. that helped her family rally too, because I'm sorry, but kids like you can't real, you cannot have a bad attitude with mm-hmm. kids because then they're going to have a bad attitude and it's going to be so much harder to get done what you're trying to get done. Oh yeah. They and- pick it all up. Yes. Okay. Like always, if you enjoy these kind of conversations we're having with amazing women and moms, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out. And you can also subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter, which is found at treelinejournal.com. And we send out one email a week with the latest articles and episodes. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at runhardmomhardpod. You can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message using the anchor link in the show notes below. And you can also find the link to Tony's and to Treeline Coffee and our coffee blend in the show notes below. Yay. Hope you're all well out there and enjoying this, this transition into fall. And if you have kids that are going back to school, I hope that's going well and smoothly and we will be in touch soon yeah i mean i'm gonna probably not this is how i'm gonna totally i'm not gonna power or like anything no i'm not gonna look good (laughs) sorry sorry everybody not Not looking good in a business suit or anything (laughs) business suit (laughs) that makes me giggle (laughs) Did you know that blue jays eat acorns? (gasps) Look at you, big girl. Oh my gosh, and the smile. Oh my gosh. Hi, Greta. Oh my gosh, are you cute? (laughs) Don't mind me, I'm just talking to Greta. Good job, stay in there, okay? Good job. Not forever. Are you sure? Please stay in there forever. <laughs> Being at Lake Summit. Oh. It sounded weird in my head. Yeah, I didn't feel that. <laughs> Auto, out of, English Ooh. is hard, my gosh. Talking is really hard. Clap! <laughs> 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 like Dash just runs out, gets another bar. Like, and I'm not even going to fight that right now because I can't. So you got this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like, oh yeah, you can have a snack. Go get something. Mm. That's Um, nice. And you don't have to go get it. Exactly. That's that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to get up. Are you kidding me? Okay. The Appalachian Trail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go Harvey. Can you be quiet?
Or don't worry, I didn't write a novel or anything. Um, right.